Hello, Corky Crime Sisters here. Hello. So our show contains graphic content, so please, listeners, be advised. Oh yeah, because we're not in the red, but better. Look how much better that looks! Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, snap it! Snap it! Oh, I can hear myself. Snap it like it's hot. Snap, snap it, it like, like it's hot. hot. The and Crime Sisters, Ooh. the podcast where two sisters actually like to hang out with each other. Even when falling out of futon. <laughs> <laughs> um, like to talk about some mommy issues. Yes, mm, the mommy mm, issues. Mm, mommy. And have an adult beverage or two. Or three, or a screwball, which is what I'm drinking. But well, while we'll doing it. Well, doing it and doing it and doing it right. Ooh, we always do better when we're we're pre-gaming. We have been pre-gaming, and I've been pre-gaming with some, well, Prosecco. We had a lot of Prosecco. And then that Costco eggnog of your boyfriend's. That's already gone. We got back, and my boyfriend's, like, drunk off his ass off of eggnog. <laughs> he likes to get drunk on his own. It's this really weird phenomenon where he'll just get drunk when he's by himself. I know, and I was like, can I have some? And he goes, oh, yeah, I've had plenty, as you can tell. <laughs> like, the whole bottle's gone, and I bought it, like, yesterday. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, this eggnog is, like, stupid, like, strong. Yeah, but it's so good. So good. Oh, my God, he makes me <sighs> Anyway. Anyway. That clumsy bitch over there is Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> the chick with the nog over there is Nikki. Yeah. Yeah. Loving that nog. Um, and today, if you haven't already guessed, we are going to talk about mommy issues. Yes. So I think the topic was really serial killers with mommy issues. That's just what comes out the most. It is. It is. So I have to tell you, I was watching um, Confessions of a Killer on Netflix. I need to get back into it. And what is it? It's Henry Lucas. Henry Lee Lucas. Henry Lee That guy. Lee Lucas. Yes. Yes. So while we were doing our research for this episode, I came across him and I was like, man. I'm not gonna whatever it's fine and then i started watching the the series and i was like holy shit i definitely should have done this guy he has mommy issues uh yeah i started it and then fell asleep i need to finish it. i'm pretty sure okay so i know that his mom was a prostitute and she used to have sex in the same room that he was in and like make him watch mm-hmm. and then i'm pretty sure he killed his own mom that's not great 
No. It's not great at all. So, but anyway, um, so as Taylor already said, I'm, well, I'm drinking eggnog. Tay's drinking, uh. Screwball. Screwball whiskey. This screwball is peanut butter whiskey. It's like my most favorite. And it has a little sheep on it, which I love. <laughs> it <laughs> is 70 proof, so 35%. Damn, girl. Um. You know me, I like reading. Oh my god, it's on the inside of the label on the inside. Okay. And screwball. So it has like, you know, and you have like the enunciation of things. Yes. So screwball. S K R O O B O L. <laughs> screwball. An individual who is not afraid to stray away from the cliche things in life. A black sheep. One who has the courage to stand alone, but rarely does because their unique spirit attracts an open-minded crew. That's like you, girl. I know. You almost whacked yourself in the head with that bottle. Screwballs live life like no one is watching, and the fun follows them wherever they go. And according to Surgeon General, women should not drink alcohol beverages during pregnancy because of the risk of birth defects. Consumption of alcohol beverages impairs your ability to drive a cart or general machinery and may cause impact problems. Please do not be driving under the influence and do not contact our attorney because our attorney does not exist and we will not be able to file a lawsuit and we will not be able to write. So please do not make the court cave go into this. I'm not liable for any of your side effects. Okay. So this whiskey is great and gives you no side effects. Perfect. Anyway, it's super good. Perf. It's my favorite. It tastes like peanut butter and I can just sip it, which I think is better for me because then I don't get like hammered because I can just sip. Sip. <laughs> um, it's been a long fucking day. It has been a long day. We are both doing this again at night after full work days for both of us and family dinners. <sighs> and family, here yeah, here we are. And so, um, <laughs> who goes first this week? I... I think it's me. You went first last week. Uh, I did because you did the Ken and Barbie killer second. Yes. It is totally you, my friend. Boom. All right. Are you ready? I'm not sure. Uh-oh. Let's pause. What are, we, what are we not ready for? Okay, so I'm going first this week, and I am doing... Mommy Issues, Arthur Shawcross. Shaw, I remember, okay. Yes. Shawcross. Cross of the Cro- Shaw. Shaw, S-H-A-K-R-A-S? No, S-H-A-W-C-R-O-S-S. Like Shaw, Shaw and then. Cross. Yes. Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Got it. <laughs> Shaw, 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 Shaw. Shaw, Shaw, Shaw. Okay, so Arthur was born June 6th, 1945 in Maine to Arthur Shawcross and his wife, Elizabeth Shawcross. She went by Bessie. Oh, good old Bessie. 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 Um, he was the first of their four children and was said to have been born with an extra chromosome. An extra chromosome? Yes, girl. So. Isn't that, like, is it, it the, the, the lack of an extra chromosome? No, no, no. The lack of a chromosome you need or the entrance of an extra chromosome that, like, totally fucks you. Um, I mean, I would say probably both, but in this case, I think it did not help him become the person that he became eventually. Okay. uh, Okay. They did actually test his intelligence and he was borderline retarded. That was their word, not mine. I apologize. I was like, you chill. 
Huh? I said you chill. Yeah. No, that was not my word. That was theirs. Uh, He'd even been held back in school a couple of times. So by age nine, Arthur was a bedwetter and was known to still talk in baby voices. Oh, no. Um, This is like Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Yes, and he started a love for arson. So remember what was the trifecta? McDonald Triad. Yep. Wedding Wedding to bed, bed. which is in Eurecis. Arson. Arson. Killing animals. Yes, it is. Good job! That's so important. (laughs) Okay. Oh, my God. So it was around this same age that Arthur claimed that his mother... um, Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. His mother and his aunt became sexually abusive towards him. Mm, they both baby. did. We didn't crack the bottle. Or Yamas. Oh my god, we did not Yamas. 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 Ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> I'll crack the bottle when I'm done with this. Okay. So, he said that they both made him perform oral sex on them. They also encouraged him to do the same to his sister and female cousin. Oh, no. He also claimed that his mom put a broom handle and other foreign objects up his booty hole. Sodomy. 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 The booty hole. Yeah. You should have seen those nice hand (laughs) hand (laughs) gestures. It was like... (laughs) A swirl up. A swirl up and a swirl down. And a swirl down. (laughs) It's like more like a toilet brush, I think, but that's okay. His mother also gave him the nickname Audie, like odd person, Audie. Hmm. I know. I was saying autistic, but And unfortunately, it followed him to school uh, where he was being picked on and bullied. Hmm. With a nickname like Audie. Like, there's the odd one, Audie. That's the odd dude. Yeah. I don't like it at all. I hate this one already. I don't like it at all. He would also bully kids younger than him and even at a young age was very violent. So he not only was being bullied, but he was also being a bully and was being violent. Like his violent tendencies were already starting. Okay. Uh, Arthur eventually dropped out of high school in 1969. (laughs) Hell of a year. Hell of a year. That's a hell of a year with a hell of a drug. Yeah. At the age of 21, he was drafted into the army and served a tour of duty in Vietnam, which is where he first killed. He even boasted about the fact that he beheaded a woman and nailed their hands to trees and as a warning, but in fact, he never saw combat. That's not war. That's just beheading people. So here's the thing, and I'm just going to throw this tidbit in there, okay? He claims that he was beheading people. That was the first time he killed, and he had to, like, nail their body parts to trees to warn off people other people but according to his lieutenant sergeant sorry i'm not sure how it all works in the army but whoever his higher up was they were like he never saw live combat so this is where it starts to get a little Mm. mm, like and and we'll see later where people are like did he actually like did these things happen with his mom i don't love this right exactly which he kind of reminds me, we were just talking about Henry Lee Lucas. Lucas, yeah. His whole thing was he lied and confessed to a bunch of shit that he didn't actually do. And so it was like he confessed to a bunch of stuff he did, but then at the same time, he was lying. So it's right. like, where do you draw the line? Right? So at this point, Arthur was on to his second wife, and he was told by the Army's psychiatrist 
that Arthur um, derived sexual enjoyment from fire starting. Yeah. So I'm that's not a pyromaniac. Really sure. But what exactly is it like? Ooh, let me strike this match. <laughs> or is it like the smell of the sulfur? Or like what is it? Have you never been like turned on by a really random thing and you were confused as to why? Mm. Like ever. I want to say yes, but off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Exactly. But, but like, I don't think we're going to understand. Okay, that's fair. This isn't like the most fifth percent of arsons though like most don't derive sexual pleasure okay that's fair it could just be from like the destruction of something yeah okay it didn't take long after that he was discharged from the army for his wife uh once he was discharged his wife was like yeah peace the fuck out um and this was because he began to commit crimes such as arson and burglary yeah not great not great she was like, Friend. okay, you're discharged and you're being a fucking nuisance. I'm out. He was caught for this at one point and sentenced to five years, which he only had to serve 22 months. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's nice, right? That is nice. Go ahead and unscrew that. It's off. Don't worry. Screwball. Continue. Whiskey. Whiskey. Actually, I need to open this because I almost need to like wet my palate. No, 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 no. I'm good. Try it. You I'm need good. Try it. You I'm need good. Try it. I'm good. Oh, yamas. <laughs> this girl is pouring peanut butter whiskey into my eggnog. It's delicious. And try it. Not down for it. She opened a Michelob really unexcitingly. I needed something to like, you know how like eggnog is thick? Yeah. I just needed something to like rinse it down. Probably not the smartest. Oh thing. my gosh. We just got the most amazing presents. We need to talk about them for half a second. Oh, yes, we did. Um, so my best friend um, made us these decals that literally say Corky Crime Sisters with our little logo. And she made us a bunch of them so we can put them on shirts. We can put yes. them on like, whatever we want. We're super and one excited. of them says, ask me about my corkscrew. Yes, ask me about my corkscrew because we always say, oh, I have a corkscrew. Yes, I'm so excited. Anyway. Yes, anyway. Nice corkscrew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Um, once he was released from prison, he moved to Watertown, Maine, and he got a job and married for the third time. Like, maybe marriage isn't your deal, dude. Not at this point. (laughs) So, his first murder took place on May 7th, 1972. He raped and killed a 10-year-old boy named Jack Owen Blake. His body was found on September 5th. Okay. However, before the body was found, he... Moved on to his second victim on September 2nd. It was an eight-year-old girl. Oh, my God. You're stealing my card. How did you do that? She has a pop socket wall on the back of her phone that I stole her card out of with my foot. Anyway. Monkey toes. Um, Anyway, so. That's so quick. That's such a quick turnaround. It was. So it was an eight-year-old girl named Karen Ann Hill. And she had also been raped before being killed. So, due to a trip, uh, Arthur was, uh, no, excuse me, due to a tip, not a trip. (laughs) (laughs) Due to a tip, Arthur was arrested the next day. However, he pled guilty to a lesser charge of manslaughter for both murders, not the rapes, okay, not the rapes, and was sentenced to 25 years. This was explained by the fact that there was no direct evidence linking him, just his confession. Move. 
Um, so I watched a documentary where he was willing to talk about all of the crimes, but he would not talk about the two kids in uh, Watertown. Yeah. So, like, he, mm. once everything came out and they were, like, asking him all these things, he's a very in- interesting man anyway, but he was willing to talk about everything except for that. That's and very interesting they, to his psyche. Right. And when they asked him about it, he was like, no, I told you we weren't going to talk about that. And then they tried to bring it up again later, and he was like, we can end this uh, interview right now. Like, he just refused to talk about the kids. Interesting. Yeah. So, which, yeah, I thought was interesting, too. Um, he served 14 years and then was determined to be no longer dangerous, even though his psychiatrist diagnosed him as schizoid uh, psychopath. Okay. Is that how you would say that? A schizoid psychopath? Yeah. I, I don't think it's a standalone condition anymore because that's just combining the two, like, schizophrenic psychopath. hmm But I understand what you're saying. Okay, well, back then, that's what they, yeah. Yeah, it's come a long way since then. Um, once he was paroled, as you can imagine, he had trouble settling down. When the cops were made aware of the fact that he was moving into their town, they would protest and his parole officer would have to move him to another location. He finally was settled in Rochester, New York. Okay. I didn't know even know that was a thing. That, like, you make the the local authorities aware that this person is being paroled in their area, and if they don't want them there, they can make a move. Did you know that? Or it is makes, that, like, not a thing anymore, maybe? It makes sense. I don't hear about it often anymore, though, like you said. Okay, okay. It was here that Arthur started his killing spree, and uh, he started with 27-year-old prostitute Dorothy Blackburn. Her body was found in the Genesee River after being viciously attacked, and they found a bite mark on her lady bits. Oh, no. Yeah. And she'd been strangled. Yeah, like, he just, like... That's not great. Like, jaws that shit. No. No, thank you. (laughs) No. So... Next was Anna Stefan. Um, oh, give me two seconds. I really appre- I apologize for this. I'm so sorry. We're doing this out of order from what we originally had it in, so it's throwing my shit off. That is right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I will sing for you to mask the awkwardness. Thanks, I'm sorry. It's cool. There was something important about her. Now I forget what it was. God dang it. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that important after all. <laughs> yeah, it was not that important, <laughs> apparently. Shit. Okay, well... Uh, so anyway, she was the next victim. Uh, oh, that's what I, that's why I was going here. Okay. So I was just going to list for you after this, his, his victims in a row, because he had too many for me to be able to get into all of them. Okay. That's why I was saying, let me go to this. I apologize, everybody. So Anna Marie, uh, Stefan, she was discovered on, or she disappeared July 9th of 1988 and discovered September 11th of that same year. Then there was Dorothy Keller. Then Patricia Patty Ives, then June Stout, Marie Welch, Frances Franny Brown, Kimberly Logan, Elizabeth Gibson, Darlene Trippy, June 
Curacao, and Felicia Steffens. Jesus Christ. Yes. These are all of his known victims, right? Isn't that awful? Mm. So if I go back to June Scott, um, she was the third to last person. Okay. Uh, she was, all of these women, I should say, up until this point, were sex workers. Oof. So he was finding sex, it was his MO to like get sex workers and then, you know, do whatever right. he was doing to them. So June's, uh, June Stott was different because she was neither a sex worker nor did she do drugs. Uh, she was found on Thanksgiving Day and was also strangled, but she had mutilation post-mortem and had been cut from her throat Mm. to her lady bits oh my god yeah like all the way down dude too much so he changed his mo with her completely that's too much so at this point everyone was on high alert they knew a serial killer was on their hands like they were all starting to stress about this of course um the sex workers were all being told to be careful and take precautions but the police felt that the killer must have known someone that the ladies knew because they all thought like, oh, he was just a regular. Right. Which at this point he was. That's too much. So he was a regular, but nobody was even suspecting that he was killing these women. Like he just continued to be a regular. They all thought he was fine. All of them had probably hooked up with him multiple times. No, thank you. Didn't suspect anything. That kind of thing. Right. No, thank you. So he liked to hang out at a local drunken, or excuse me, not drunken. He liked to hang out at a local Dunkin' Donuts. Drunken, Freudian slip, it's fine. The Drunken Donut. I'm going to drink to that one. You should, the Drunken Donut. <laughs> I'll drink with you. I forgot you put whiskey in it. <laughs> Girlfriend. Shit. It's good, right? Ooh. I guess not with the alcoholic eggnog. I do it with the regular eggnog. Oh, it's strong. Okay. Anyway, so he would listen to the cops, like the cops would come in there, and he would listen to them talk about the cases. He even recalled a time when the police were setting up decoys, and a cop was pointing them out to him. So, like, as a regular to the donut shop, he even told the cops uh, that he had told his wife to, like, be careful on the streets. And, like, a cop would just come up to him and be like, oh, hey, good to see you again today, so-and-so. By the way, our decoys are there and there. Oh, Jesus, that's stupid. So stupid. Oh, I hate that. Um, so the other one that was well known was uh, June. She was one of the toughest known sex workers. Okay. Okay. Um, the police were out looking for her when they spotted her body frozen in the ice. They were looking over the area that spotted, a, and they happened to spot a car that was in the parking lot, uh, which is where her body was found. So, like, her body was found. Um, there was a bridge, and her body was found underneath of it in ice. And he was up above in the parking lot. And they were flying a helicopter, right? And they could see him. Yes. So he was still sitting in his car, but he had actually been peeing out the passenger side, which is kind of weird. And he noticed, like, that they were, like, he noticed that he was being followed. And so in the end, he ended up being arrested after a 22-month killing spree. Um, That's a long time just to be like, it's cool. They thought he was returning back to her body to try to conceal it further. But there's, you know, they don't know for sure. Um, Once arrested, the police took a stack of photos of sex workers that were missing and handed them to him. And he started sorting through them and in the end gave them 11 photos, which is all the, like, girls I mentioned. So, like, he literally was like, no, yes, no, yeah. Like, he was, yeah, that kind of thing. 
Um, he was guilty of killing all of, like, the 11. He said he was just tired of the police questioning him, so he gave in. Just no. Yeah, no, go fuck yourself. That's like, oh my god, I keep coming back to this Henry Lucas guy because I was, like I said, just watching it. And he was like, oh, when he finally started, like, quote-unquote confessing, he was like, oh, I just felt like it was my God-given right. Like, somebody had to help. Nobody else was going to be able to help them solve these. So it was like, he was, like, glorifying himself. Yeah, he was like, I'm the only one that can make this be cleaned up. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you're the reason why this is even happening. (laughs) What do you mean? Anyway. I hate you. Yeah. Exactly. You're dirty mofo. So he confessed to the murders and underwent hypnosis. And during that, he revealed what he had been put through with his mother and even gave details on the murders. Okay. So this is, again, kind of where that, like, okay, was he lying about what happened with his mom? Or, I mean, he was under hypnosis, if you believe in that. And he was explaining, like, what was happening and, like, how she was touching him and stuff, which is... Really weird if you've ever seen, like, a grown adult male, like, show how his mom was touching him. And the way yeah. he would talk to his mom as a child, it really, like, messed with me. I'm not going to lie. Ed Gain was the same way. Yeah, it was really, really weird. So, um, the psychiatrist felt that he had, in fact, been sexually assaulted by his mother. And also, also thought he would, um, he had suffered seizures before he would murder a victim, and then he would come <laughs> come to um, after the murder was committed. Mm. So he was like, he was having almost like an out-of-body experience. Like, he would have these seizures, and he would, like, click him into being somebody else, and then he would murder, and then he would, like, click back into being him. There's that, like, schizophrenic psychopath part. Right, Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that was used as part of his defense during the trial of course yeah the prosecution claimed that someone who disposed of the bodies the way that he did had thought it through also since he had a history of murder they claim that there is no way it just happened right which they have a point right after three weeks of trial and deliberation arthur was found guilty and was sentenced to 250 years oh shit (laughs) which i gotta be honest with you it kind of pisses me off when they do stuff like that not Not because i don't think that it's serve like it's justice but at the end of the day it's like you know he's not gonna serve 250 years so why does it why why even say that just say life yeah just at that point say life Life without the possibility of parole. Done. Over the years in jail, he came up with a number of reasons as to why he was killing the sex workers. One was that he was told by a girl that she had AIDS, and so he thought it was his duty to go and kill the other girls he had slept with oh after dear. sleeping no, with her. No, that's not how that fucking works. Not Get even out a little here. bit. Uh, in the end, he said that he knew something inside him was weird and that he knew he was good and evil more evil than good but whatever yeah on november 10th 2008 he died of cardiac arrest good i heard that's painful (laughs) i've heard it's painful as well um and yeah so that was arthur shawcross oh what a fuckhead right i hate that so and again it goes back to like his mom, of course, said that she never did that to him. Right. Which, if you... Then he did the interview and said, well, yeah, why would she admit to doing that? So then again, you're still torn as to did it happen, did it not? Right. Did he actually get all that screwed up in Vietnam? Did he not? 
So who knows? I hate that. Right? It's It's like his word against everybody else's. And some of it may be true, but some of it probably isn't either. So it's like, where, where do you draw that line? I've been thinking about this a lot with some of my boys who lie, like, pretty consistently. And it's just like, why? Like, and the fact that they do it so much and so casually that you're like... I think they just live in a different world. Yeah. Where they're used to just lying their way through everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. Good job. Ooh, thank you, sorry. It's only 9.53, you're going to be okay. <laughs> I know I'm going to be okay. <sighs> Get a girl. How you doing? Oh, I'm tired. <laughs> Let's get this going. Google Docs. So tired. Yeah. Same. Yeah, we're both very tired. So, we gonna talk about a camper. Yeah. Somebody I found super interesting once I watched Mindhunter. I just thought he was really interesting. So we're going to talk about him. Didn't you say he's like your spirit animal serial killer? He is my spirit animal serial killer, (laughs) not because the serial killing part, but I will explain. Don't you worry. (laughs) And I am a little sick, guys. So if it takes me a second to get through some things, I am so sorry. I am not trying. (laughs) No, it's we're all like battling something. Yeah, it's not been fun. No. So, Edmund Kemper III was born on December 18th, 1948, um, out in Burbank, California. Oh, Cali. I feel like a lot of serial killers come from Cali. Why is that? Cali is just a thing. Because I was it's even... such a big state, so so many people are born there? Or like I don't what? know. So, we were watching, me and my boyfriend got super into Dirty John, the um, dramatization of the real Dirty John. Mm-hmm. And all of that's set in California, too. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that ha- talked about, like, the the potential there is out there. Like, L.A., where there's, like, potential to be, like, a star and oh, someone who true, makes a ton true. of money and yeah. luxury. And so I don't know if that's part of it or what. Either way, though, he was the middle of... So he had two other sisters, like, two sisters on either side of him. So he was the middle child. He was the only male. His parents' names were... Claire Nell and Edmund Emil Kemper. <laughs> His father tested nukes in World War Two. So he was Edmund Kemper the third. The third. Yes. I think I might have told you this, but on Sex in the City, they do this thing about um, the higher the Roman numerals, the worse the sex. <laughs> did I tell you that? <laughs> you did. Which may be true. I don't know. I've not slept with Edmund Kemper. Yeah, so the third is probably like... Real bad. Not so great at all. <laughs> <laughs> How many Sotiros Kachopoulos have there been? Uh, Only... So they're not Sotiros. They're not... It doesn't work like that. They're not... It's not like his sequential. dad was Sotiros Kachopoulos. His dad is... Uh, well, okay, so it, it's not he's Soterios Yorgos Kachopoulos. His dad is Yorgos, Yorgos Soterios. Soterios. They flip it back and forth. It's the bed thing. Yeah. Theory confirmed. Theory confirmed for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so his dad tested nukes in World War II and later returned to California to become an electrician. Miss Clarnell would often belittle her husband and say that his job was meaningless, little... Meant nothing. Because she's a bitch. Yeah. And which led to Ed Kemper's father, 
who who stated um, about living with his wife, suicide mis- missions in wartime and the atomic bomb testings were nothing compared <laughs> to living right. with her. That's yeah. rough. That's rough, That's right? Fucking rough. Um, at birth, Ed weighed 13 pounds. Which um, is ridiculous. Yeah, my boyfriend was 10 pounds a month early, so I think he would have been close Fuck to this. But that. my boyfriend is nowhere near how tall Ed becomes. Your vagina's never the same. <sighs> no. Never. No. Poor Claire now. Maybe that's why she was so crabby. I would be. <laughs> Her third you daughter know just that like fell right out, yeah. and you know that that child ruined her body. Yeah. She's like, fuck this. When Ed was a newborn, he was about a head higher than other kids that were at four years of age. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's insane, right? I just remembered you fell out of the futon again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was ridiculous. Out of nowhere. Oh, man. As I'm leaning against the, the opposite arm that fell, but still. I am now leaning against the chair that <laughs> fell are. and nothing is happening to me. This is ridiculous. There were early on signs that Kemper would go down the path he did, such as when he was 10, the family cat um, he took and basically buried it alive. No, you said basically. Oh, fuck me, Bill. Shit. I did really good about not saying actually this time. I think anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he buried it alive <laughs> dug it up decapitated it and put its head on a stick so it was a cat on a stick <laughs> cat on a stick cat on a stick and then, then we roasted Jose it Jose Jalapeno on a stick Jose Jalapeno on a stick <laughs> oh no it was a pussy on a stick oh god damn it <laughs> <laughs> sorry keep going <laughs> <laughs> You're making me cough. <laughs> in a later interview, he reported taking pleasure in doing this. Which is like, no, no. But okay. Yeah. Back to the tri- trifecta. McDonald's <gasps> triad. Oh, tri- Which- I almost said triad. And then I was like, no, that's like a gang out of a movie. There's too many gangs in life. Mm. When he was 13, he married. He married. Mm. Murdered another family cat. The reasoning behind this was because he felt that the cat liked his younger sister more than it liked him, so he just decided oh, to kill the cat. Oh, yes. I, was, I thought you were going to say he married another, he married the cat. And I was yeah. going to be like, shit. So I feel like I should preface this just because of the way you're responding to this. We have tried to record this episode already. We have. And we only got through my case and the footage deleted. So Nikki only remembers like, I parts. do. I do only remember parts of this. So if she responds like, "Oh yeah," it's because she's remembering parts that I've already told her about this, but True, she doesn't remember sorry. all of it. Everything that's coming out now is natural, though. So it's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that," or "Oh shit, I didn't remember that." Exactly. But I, I felt it was necessary to preface. So he kept pieces of this cat in his closet until his mother later found them. I mean, that's gross. It is disgusting. But I. But then again, people in America walk around with a lucky rabbit foot. That's disgusting. So. Another such instance of Kemper displaying these red flags were when he used to take his sister's dolls in order to perform rituals where he would remove their heads and hands. And like I've told you, my Barbie dolls used to get, they were naked and once those heads came off, those bitches did not go back on. They did not go back on. But I also remember my brother growing up on my dad's side, so 
not on Taylor's side, but uh, he, like, he used to steal our Barbies, and he would, like, rip their heads off, and I think it's just something that you do as a boy. Like, yeah. they're like, ugh, my G.I. Joe got, you know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah, it, it is what it is, yeah. yeah. He reported also when he was younger, he would sneak out with his father's bayonet to watch his second grade teacher through the windows of her house. Okay, what is a bayonet? A bayonet is like what a cop uses. It's like those bats. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Like old school, like. Why would he use that to like, why would he sneak out with that? Just as like protection or like he maybe. was going to possibly do something one day? Uh, yeah, you know, that's a great question. And it never goes further into that other than he watched his teacher, which is voyeurism, which is also another like. Ooh, red Huge light, red, red flag. flag. Yeah, okay. Red light, red light, red light. <laughs> Another thing that was really freaky from his childhood is he would often, his favorite games to play with his little sisters were gas chamber and electric chair, where he would pretend to, like, be electrocuted. That's right. We t- Yes. So, again, I was like, um, so, Adam's family, Wednesday. Yes. Totally, whatever. And this is also where I talked about how... I, as a child, pretended to give birth, but that's nothing to this. Like, I even put a little, like, plastic Tupperware on my wall with a heart monitor. (laughs) Did you really? Somehow I don't remember that. So you probably wouldn't because I remember this myself. You guys were all downstairs playing Scrabble, and I was upstairs playing by myself. Oh, oh. I don't know why I wasn't playing with you guys. If I chose that, if you guys were like, oh, you wouldn't understand this game or what, but... Taylor. I gave birth. Ash from Pokemon was the father. It was fine. <laughs> Don't worry. My my stuffed animals were like the kids. It was really weird. I was a weird child. <laughs> Keep going. There, <laughs> there also was several instances of his sister trying to just kill him. Like she pushed him off a cliff kind of thing. Like Fuck into yeah, the road. I would too. Oh. Oh. Small edit, small edit. <laughs> Edmund reported being close with his dad and really struggled once his parents divorced in 1947. This caused Ed to be raised by mostly his mother out in Montana. Oh, which she is an example. She's a fucking peach. Let's get into this. Oh, I was just really flexing my ab muscles just when I realized, like, I've been holding... For no reason? Yeah, I've been holding that position. Okay, you're pushing on my... Now you I gotta probably, pee? No, now I probably stink from your feet. My feet stink. <laughs> so it was reported that Clarnell was a severe alcoholic that would often belittle, abuse, and humiliate Ed as she saw fit. Mm, perfect. She made Ed sleep in a locked basement out of fear that he would harm his sisters. That makes sense. Sorry, but it does. It does, but there's better ways to go about it. <laughs> And she would regularly make fun of how large of a human he was. Um, he stood six foot four at age fifteen. Well, she did that to him. She, she, I know, I know. <laughs> She's like a cat. She keeps drinking that eggnog and being like, "Huh." Well, because I, I'm like. I wait a while, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, the eggnog. And then I take a sip, and I'm like, fuck, Taylor, like, totally <laughs> drugged me with extra whiskey. Okay, it's fine. That's bomb. Okay, keep going. Um, 
Clarnell often also withheld affection towards Edmund for, like, fear of turning him gay, which is the exact opposite of what you want to do. Exactly. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, don't show him any female attention because that's going to make him run into the arms of a female. (sighs) So stupid. Anyway. I don't know what's happening, but you need to not do that. Um, (laughs) It's like making this boom, boom, boom in my ears, and I'm like, oh, God. I was rubbing my foot on her nightstand. Anyway, she regularly told um, Ed that he reminded her of his father and that no woman would ever love him, which that's not turning him gay either. Again, opposite of what you're actually trying to do. Yeah, stupid. Um, But there is evidence that she suffered from borderline personality disorder, which is like super contested in the psychology field to begin with, whether that even exists. Yeah, because you can end up being like 12 bitches in one. (laughs) <laughs> you could. <laughs> I mean, that's there like a thing. There was a lady on one of my favorite podcasts, Red Handed. I look forward to Thursdays every Thursday because they, I love them. They're these cute British ladies. They talked about a case where this lady had 2,000 personalities in one. Shit. Yeah, that's intense. I can barely handle myself sometimes. I can't even imagine like 2,000 different versions of me. I think I have about four. <laughs> I, I think really you might do. as well. It's not great. When Ed was 14, he went away from home. Went away. Went away from home. <laughs> he ran- <laughs> My throat's starting to hurt. He ran away from home to live with his newly married father, who also had a new stepson. Mm. After a short amount of time, he sent Ed away to live with his parents. Ed hated living with his grandparents because they lived on a ranch, and his grandma consistently emasculated him and his grandpa. He referred to his grandpa as senile. So it wasn't a great situation. Kind of similar to what he had with his mom. I was going to say, yeah. So it really hasn't gotten any better. No. His first murders took place on August 27th, 1964. It started when his mother was sitting, grandmother was sitting at the kitchen table and they got into an argument. From there, Ed got pissed, took off, and found the hunting rifle his grandpa had given him as a present. Uh-oh. <laughs> This is not good. He came back and shot his grandmother in the head two more times. In the back. Shot her, sorry, shot her in the head and then shot her two more times in the back, which ultimately killed her. And there were also rumors that he ended up just stabbing her after that, which is purely out of rage. Yeah, like anytime there's like a, if it's not just a single stabbing, if it's like a multi-stabbing, that always shows like more passion behind the, the crime, which means typically it's somebody that they know. Well, and this was also... Oh my god, lock it up. He did all the stabbing post-mortem as well. Um, Yeah. Once his grandfather returned from grocery shopping, he shot him in the driveway. Which makes me so sad. I don't know why. Yeah, because his grandfather had, like, he was just being a sweet grandpa, taking care of his grandson. and Yeah. He might have been senile, but that's not his fault. It's not emasculating. Mm Mm-hmm. After this happened, he called his mother, who advised him to turn himself in. He then waited to be taken into custody after he called the police. Why would he even call that bitch? That's what is so interesting to me. So, like, you feel like you can't have a relationship with her yet. Let's call her, right? Yeah, exactly. I know. Once Edmund was in jail, it was realized he was a genius. He had a genius IQ. 
Um, I was going to ask if he was, like, smart. Yeah. His IQ was two standard deviations above the average, which is insane. Yeah. Whew. But he was also diagnosed with personality trait disturbance of the passive-aggressive type. So what we can deter from that (laughs) is, like, basically he just didn't have great assertive communication, which I work with millennials of the 21st century, and nobody has good assertive communication. No. It's not a thing. Not unless you have to. If you're a manager, you have to. So, excuse me. <laughs> Taylor's <coughs> smacking around her microphone. She's keeping her pimp strong. Yeah, for real. <laughs> no, you want to talk about pimp ham? I was watching. <laughs> pimp ham? Pimp hand. <laughs> we bought our father a present for Christmas. I went to work. Mom and Nikki decided to bring it to my house <laughs> to leave it in my garage because that's the best place for it, right? All of a sudden, I get a text from Mickey saying, watch the cameras. Mom hit me. <laughs> she did. So I am like, what? So I watch my cameras because I have a Blink Amazon camera system outside. And I see Mom and Nene come out from my, like, front door. And all of a sudden, Mom goes to turn around to, like, wave at my camera and just, like, fucking pimp hands Nikki <laughs> she straight across the face in this video. It is my favorite video. You can see me, video. like, throw my head back and everything. Like, ah! It's my favorite. Absolutely my favorite. And I love everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, either way, though, Ed was a model prisoner. And he was actually, like... He was hired to design multiple psychiatric tests. Well, yeah, because he's smart and he has insider knowledge on, like, yes, killing and stuff. The problem is that through administering these tests, he learned quite a bit of tips and tricks from the sex offenders he interviewed. Yeah, that would make sense. Yep, these, the offense-specific is what we call them. Yeah, yeah. On his 21st birthday, which he had to be released, he was released to his mother's custody against the psychiatrics. It's like psychiatrist recommendations during this time he modeled such exemplary behaviors that he was able to show he had been rehabilitated and had his juvenile record completely expunged which is never good because then when they go back there's no record of this man ever doing anything and it's like that's how that works though like even my boys really i thought that's all sealed oh so it's sealed but it i thought expunged means it goes away completely kind of what sealed means too no one can get into it which again in the end like if it comes down to it i'm not saying that uh something that necessarily happened a long time ago should always follow you because we all grow and change into different people but at the same time if it's something as serious as this as murder as murder exactly i feel like that should follow you so that people know and not that they need to necessarily, quote unquote, treat you different, but that way, because obviously that's not what I'm trying to say, but I'm just, you know, in the end that they, that they're made aware. Right. So if something were to happen or something goes wrong, they have the knowledge that you have been implemented in other cases and it might be easier to solve things. <clears throat> it's a lot about the junior versus adult debate. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to be tried as an adolescent or as an adult? And that's part of this whole debacle. Um, Ed Kemper stood six foot nine as an adult. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. He should have gone into the basketball team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and he worked for the Department of Transportation. 
He continued to have a toxic relationship with his mother, and neighbors would overhear them nearly constantly fighting. In interviews, Ed said that they were mostly only verbal confrontations, but one particular roof raiser, as he said, was whether or not he should get his teeth cleaned. Dirty mouth bitch. (laughs) Yes, apparently. Um, He saved his money and ended up moving out. Um, and with a roommate, a different roommate, but it was like, he couldn't even get away from his mother. She would constantly call him and would stop by like unannounced all the time. (laughs) And Kemper often had financial difficulty, which meant he returned to his mom. Well, yeah. We need somebody to shell out that money. (sighs) He was able to obtain a car through a settlement from a very serious motorcycle crash he was involved in. And while driving his car, he noticed large amounts of women hitchhiking and beginning to carry plastic bags, knives, blankets, and handcuffs in his car with him. Mm. Yeah, you're up to no good. Yeah. Between May of 1972 and April of 1973, Kemper killed eight people. (laughs) Shit. He would pick up female students... Who were hitchhiking and take them to isolated areas where he would shoot, stab, smother, or strangle them. He would then take their bodies back to their home, to his home, where he would decapitate them, perform irmashio on their severed heads, have sexual intercourse with their corpses, and then dismember them. Okay, explain the irmashio again. Yes. This was I hilarious. now remember what it is. Last but... time I was like, I guarantee you've done this. And Nikki was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> Irumashio, 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 if you, I don't know, even know how to say I R R U M A T I O is where the man basically does the work for the blowjob. So he'll like hold your head and thrust into your mouth. Yes. Which most women have probably experienced if they've given a blowjob. I think so, yes. But. Yeah. You shouldn't just assume. Yeah. <laughs> True. It's just fairly common. I just I didn't wanted know you I... to, like, explain for the listeners what that was again. I didn't know I had a word do it. The first time I was like, wait, what? <laughs> During this 11-month murder spree, he killed five college students, one high school student, his mother and his mother's best friend. Kemper has stated in interviews that he would often go out and search for victims after having arguments with his mother. Yeah, because that bitch was pushing him over the edge. Yeah, and he would have he would have a lot of like arguments with her that she would refuse to introduce him to women attending women attending the university, um, which is where she worked. He recalled she would say, "You're just like your father. You don't deserve to get to know them." Again, not helping your son not be gay. Yeah, and it's it's widely believed that he would kill the women instead of killing his mother. They you were should have just taken that bitch out first. Long time ago. Would have been fun. Right. <laughs> Kemper was strange in the fact. Um, so this is where this is where we talk about him becoming my spirit animal. Yes, and I love it. Yes. So, Sorry, I was watching you as you repositioned yourself, like thinking that, like. Maybe that's going to go out again. I was worried about it. I was putting all my weight on this stupid $100 futon again that we've had too long. That Gunner's had too long. Um, Kemper was like the funniest serial killer to me. So he would like brush up against 
um, like his victim's breasts while they were alive and be like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. And we'd be like all bashful <laughs> he, and like, shy. He's all apologetic. He's like, don't worry, I'm going <coughs> to kill you later, but I'm so sorry for that. <laughs> yeah. And then on one instance, police pulled him over while he had a dead body in his trunk because his taillight was out, but he wasn't caught. Oh, my God. This is my favorite. So on another instance, he had a woman in his car and locked himself out of his own car while the <laughs> woman was so inside. Funny. And so, so the two funny. of them just like stared at each other even though he had a gun. And then she just like eventually unlocked the car while they just stared at no, each other. Oh no, no, no. I thought about that today. I don't know why. Probably because I was watching other stuff. But I thought about that today. And I was like, if I was in a car and somebody was holding a gun to me. And even if I was in like the passenger seat and I had to climb into the driver's seat. I would still attempt it. I'd be like, fucking shoot me then. Yeah. You're going to kill me. If I let you in this car, you're going to kill me anyway. So. Yeah. If you shoot me, I might have a chance, depending on where you shoot me, to still, like, drive somewhere and be saved. Right. But if I let you in this car, you're for sure killing me and it's done-ski. For sure. Right? For sure. Um, at another time, he murdered a young lady named Cindy Shaw, and he buried his head in his mother, her head in his mother's garden, looking up to her bedroom because his mother always wanted people to look up to her. Oh, that's fucking sick and twisted. That's how smart he was, though. Think about how metaphoric that is. No, I get it, but I'm like, fuck. Um, you're saying smart, I'm saying fucking twisted. Twisted, for sure. (laughs) On February, it's a fine line. Yeah, fine, very fine line. <laughs> very fine line. Gray, very gray. I don't even know if it's <laughs> yeah, gray it's with gray. an E or an A. Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. It's gray. <laughs> On February fifth, nineteen seventy three, after a heated argument with his mother, <clears throat> Kemper left his house in search of possible victims. With heightened suspicion of a serial killer preying on hitchhikers in the Santa Cruz area, students were advised to only accept rides from cars with university stickers on them. Kemper had a sticker such as this because his mother worked at the university. Which is so dumb. <clears throat> Can I tell you? Yeah. The police. Why would you even put that out there? Why would you not just put up a thing that says, right now, nobody hitchhike? No. I have no Instead, idea. you say, oh, only accept rides from somebody that has this sticker. Well, guess what? You're essentially the police are eliminating all of those people as suspects anyway so you're they're cutting their nose off despite their face and he, like oh my god it's it just, that, that part infuriates me like i i'm like what is wrong with you seriously ed Fuck. always decapitated the bodies and when asked why he responded the head trip fantasies were a bit like a trophy you know the head is where everything is at the brain the eyes the mouth that's the person I remember being told as a kid, you cut off the head and the body dies. The body is nothing after the head is cut off. Well, that's not quite true. There's a lot left in the girl's body without the head. Ugh. Ugh. So, in 1973, Ed had not killed for about two months. And during this time, he, he explained, For two months, I hadn't killed. And I said, It's not going to happen to any more girls. It's got to stay between me and my mother. I said, she's got to die, and I've got to die, or girls are going to die. And that's why I decided I'm going to murder my mother. I knew a week before she died, I was going to kill her. (laughs) Why didn't he kill her, like, fucking months, months sooner? I know. If that was really the issue. I know. On April 20th, 1973, after coming home from a party, 52-year-old Clarnell Elizabeth Strandberg awakened her son with her arrival. 
While sitting in her bed reading a book, she noticed Kempert enter her room and said to him, I suppose you're going to want to sit up and all night and talk now. Bitch. A. <laughs> right? To which Ed replied, no, good night. <laughs> like, no, bitch, I don't want to sit up all night and talk to you. He then waited for her to fall asleep before returning to bludgeon her with a claw hammer and slit her throat with a knife. Oof. He then decapitated her and engaged in Aramashio with her severed head before yeah, using... Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. So did Aramashio with her head and then used her head as a dartboard. <laughs> I don't know why I laughed at that. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Kemper stated he put her head on a shelf and screamed at it for hours and then threw darts at it. I mean, I understand the, like, yelling and screaming and throwing darts, I guess, if you're that upset. But the whole emotion. That's funky, but Mm -mm. I don't understand it. Ultimately, he smashed her face in and cut out her tongue and larynx and put them in the garbage disposal. However, the garbage disposal could not break down the tough vocal cords and ejected the tissue back into the sink. That seemed appropriate, Kemper later said, as much as she bitched and screamed and yelled at me over so many years. Oh, God. (laughs) Kemper then hid his mother's corpse in a closet and went out to a drink at a nearby bar. Upon his return, he invited his mother's best friend, 59-year-old Sarah Taylor Sally Harlot, to come over to the house so they could have a dinner and movie night with his mother. Yeah. When she arrived, um, Kemper ended up strangling her to death. So that he could create a cover story in which his mother and her had gone away together on a holiday. He eventually put her corpse in a closet as well as his mother's. Um, obscured any outward signs of a disturbance and left a note to the police that read. At approximately 5.15am Saturday, no need for her to suffer anymore at the hands of this horrible murderous butcher. It was quick, asleep the way I wanted it. Not a sloppy, incomplete, gents. Just a lack of time. I got things to do. I got shit to do today. I got shit to do today. (laughs) Oh my god. After this time, he fled to Pueblo, Colorado, where he took caffeine pills just to make the thousand mile journey. Mmm, Pueblo. When he arrived... Hell of a place. For real, it's a hell of a place. We used Mm. to go there for... Well, I never did, but you and mom used to. Santiago. Wells, vagina. <laughs> but yes, we used to go there. And there's not anything there. Really there, yeah. When he arrived, it took him calling the police twice for them to believe Ed and turn himself in. On May 7th, 1973, he was indicted with eight counts of first degree murder. Shit. Due to his detailed confessions, his only option was to claim. To be legally insane. Of course. that's. I feel like that's the only way out. <coughs> For most people, I mean, especially serial killers, that is your only option out. Yeah. Um, during this time, he attempted suicide twice. He was found sane by three different psychiatrists. And on November 8th, 1973, he asked for death by torture, but was given instead seven years to life for each of the deaths. Death by torture? Is this remember like tar and feather torture or like do you remember the gas chamber in the electric chair he used to play oh that's right yes yes yes. Yes. Yes, yes yes ed is still a model citizen and the only rule violation he has had in jail was failure to provide a urine sample mm. 
Other than that, he spearheaded a program where he would record himself reading books for the blind and was also a skilled ceramic cup maker. Mm-mm. I think I talked about this before. I do not like that. I'm sorry, but you're just, you know what, as somebody who's blind, I'm not blind, but as somebody who is blind, they are sitting there listening to a pe- peaceful like story and not even knowing that it was a serial killer. Something about that creeps me the fuck out, and I don't like it at all. <laughs> I think I told you last time, too, it was a lot like how I want a John Wayne Gacy book, or, uh, painting. Yes. But, but, uh, the, John Wayne Gacy was just painting to paint. This is not the, like, this is... Right. This is somebody who's, quote-unquote, trying to do something good now, but it's fucking creepy. Well, and that's how they depict him in Mindhunter, as somebody who's so personable and so able to have these conversations. Um, he was also a skilled ceramic cup maker, and inside of the prison, he worked as somewhat of an assistant to the psychiatrist by scheduling appointments. Huh. Kemper <laughs> has been denied parole five times Thank and is god. eligible again in 2024. Oh my god, I hope he gets denied again. <laughs> and that's the case. Good job. Good oh, no. job. I know. Thank you. Oof. Yeah, I didn't remember most of that. Well, good. I'm glad it was surprising yeah. to you because last time we did it, I was just bummed we lost all that footage. I know, me too. But it is what it is. We gotta move on. Moving on. Okay. Speaking of moving on, are we ready for Corky Clipping? Let's lighten the mood! Lighten the mood! Yes. I have them tonight. I'm excited. I know. Taylor's doing the Corky <coughs> Clippings tonight, so bring it on. I'm gonna preface, if I... If we get to a point where I, uh... If we overlap, I'm sorry. It's just we, we do this every week. We say every week if we overlap, we are so sorry. But we we gotta cycle what it through. Is. There's only so many. <laughs> All right. Best man left bleeding after being hit in the head by a flying dildo. Yes, we have done this one. But have it's we? Still funny. <laughs> yes. Woman attacks man with bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> Don't you? I love the ones that leave me with questions. Sometimes I need more. I'm like, hmm. Do you remember that time that we did like the meatball sub one? Like yes, man dies over you were like, sub. I need to know more. And by the next episode, you had done the research. <laughs> yes. Police say man with no hands and no legs is armed and on the run. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fucked up. Okay, the little bit of tidbit I have says... Authorities in Florida are searching for an armed quadruplet amputee who has reportedly been on the run since Tuesday. Oh, my God. Oh, man. This is my favorite. Are you ready? This is the last one for the evening. Okay, let's hear it. Arizona man arrested after shooting at the moon high on marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) What did the moon do to you, sir? Right? Talk about shooting for the stars. <laughs> Something, right? <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Oh, I love them. I love them. Oh, all right. So now that the episode is over, I think to, we've, we've uh, decided that next week we're going to take off because it is Christmas. Yes. And so we're just going to have a holiday week and, you know, let everybody do their thing. Yes. And we will see you the week after. For Angels of Death. Angels of Death is the next one, yes. But, uh, so yeah, everybody, on that note, have a Merry Christmas. We hope everybody has great holidays. Yes. Um, <laughs> Enjoy. And, yeah, we're always here to answer questions. Patreon. 
All of that jazz. We don't even need to go through all of it. No, right? but five star reviews are so yes. Nice. Please keep sending those reviews. We love them. We, we do love, love them. them. We appreciate them. Yes, we do. And on that note, yamas. That sounds so nice. That one sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> my throat is done. I. Oh. I can't get out of this. Fucking. Y'all made me sick, and now I'm like trying to find.